Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. What's up, y'all, denizens of the internet? Welcome to another episode of the Get Geek Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Jose. This is Wolfie. AJ. And this is Walt. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this week, you know, we're going to be discussing the the flavor of the moment, the flavor of the week. But first, we got to do our quick disclaimers and our quick promos. As always, we have been recording remotely. We are recording remotely today as well. So if there are any sound issues or artifacts with the podcast, you are free. And we would like for you to let us know through any kind of feedback. And we welcome any kind of feedback on the podcast, uh, including the audio issues, including any kind of uh, feedback you have on topics or anything else regarding the podcast. So please, please reach out to us. Give us some feedback for whatever, and please excuse any audio issues you hear on today's podcast. Speaking of podcasts, the best way to support your favorite podcast is, you know what to do, like, rate, share, and subscribe to your favorite podcast. Um, you know what the spiel is. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms. We appreciate, once again, the feedback. So, like, rate, share, and subscribe, please, to the Get Geek podcast. All right, all right, all right. So... Should we should we get started, gentlemen, on the I, I, topic I think of that the we week? should. Yeah. So we are still in WandaVision's hex world. Mm-hmm. We're in the hex. See, I used the word. <laughs> uh, we hex are becoming a thing. Yeah, it is becoming a thing. Um, we are uh, going to discuss. Hold up. <clears throat> I need to give props to um, to this this tea that I'm drinking. I feel like my voice sounds so much better. Drink some tea too. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, sorry. The tea that I'm drinking, by the way, is Baby Yoda tea, uh, limited edition green tea infused with honey. I just want to put that out there. That's how much of a weeb I am. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Culture. Anyway, yeah. So we are discussing WandaVision episode five. Um, a huge momentous episode. It seems like every episode seems to be obviously bigger than the previous one, but just, you know, it's been breadcrumb, breadcrumb, breadcrumbs. Uh, and then this one just kind of sort of exploded a little bit more, you know? It also felt longer. Mind it definitely blown. was longer, right? It was a little bit longer, but, like, yeah. it, it, there was a lot in this episode. Yeah, there was so much in this episode. And, and by the way, for um, anybody that's listening, if this isn't obvious by now, Spoilers, 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 yeah, spoilers, 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 and theories galore on this episode. So we're, we're going to get to WandaVision episode five and then a little bit later get into a couple geek outs because, you know, it's been a while since all of us have been together. I feel like I, I feel like I haven't been on a podcast with Walt in a while. So I really want to know what you're up to, man. Um, but yeah. So uh, what did you guys think of the episode? What, do you, what, what did you guys think so far of like all the revelations that haven't been revealed as i like to put them revelations mm. wanda was always that guy Sorry. <laughs> i mean She's sure uh, a little bit 
I, I don't think so. But there's a number of red herrings, I think, in this in this show. I think there's a lot of R- Wanda was always misunderstood. Yeah. As I see well, it. A villain, not a villain, but behind this, yes. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. I don't think so. No, I feel like there's a little bit of. I sense some confusion in the uh, the 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 Walt Melgar household. What's going on over there? And she is the one doing this. No, she's not. She is. She. There was. Isn't she isn't. There were certain things that happened within the episode that lead to me to believe that she's not fully in control in this in this hex reality. That's very true. That's very true. All right, so, cool. Hold on. I'll put it that way. What did What did you think of the episode? Um, I mean, I thought it was amazing. I think I think the show is really living up to the early expectations that that all of us had, and maybe that's me speaking for the group. But I think, if, yeah, for me personally, it's definitely living up to the expectation. And you know, it's it's not a perfect show by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a wonderful way that, I mean, maybe by coincidence because of COVID and all of that, it's a wonderful way to reintroduce everyone to the MCU so far and the obvious mind-blowing revelations that we did get revealed in this episode that are not totally revealed because we don't know what they mean, I guess, were amazing. So I I, I really, yeah. really like this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so then let's let's do a quick little synopsis, a quick little recap for everyone that's listening out there. So once again, this is your last spoiler war- warning. Um, so if you haven't seen the episode and you're just tuning in um, to catch up on the weekly podcast, pause and go ahead and watch. Okay. Um, does anybody want to do the synopsis real quick? Uh, I guess I'll do a synopsis of the episode real quick. Yeah, please. Uh, okay, so very, very quickly, basically, the episode begins with um, the with the 80s. They're now in the 80s on this sitcom, basically, on the WandaVision sitcom. Um, and this it opens up again in the sitcom, by the way, like last week's episode. You know, it started to reveal a lot of the stuff that was going on in the real world. But now we're back in Wanda's reality, and she's trying to put the babies to sleep, Billy and Tommy. Um, and so this is like the main conflict at the beginning of the episode. And her and Vision are trying to figure out ways to put the baby to sleep, uh, the babies, the twins, to sleep. And when they've kind of run out of ideas for the moment, Agnes walks in and they have we have our first like really weird moment of this episode, right? Because every episode has those kind of Hitchcock moments. Um, Agnes offers basically to, to comfort the, the kids, to put them to sleep. And... In, when when Vision kind of is apprehensive about it, he doesn't want Agnes to actually take care of the kids. We have that moment that that might have been revealed in some trailers and stuff like that, where Agnes uh, asks Wanda if, she, if they want to basically take the scene from the top. She's very aware of the reality therein. She knows that Wanda is the one that in this situation wanted somebody to help her put the twins to sleep. And she has this self-aware moment where the, she kind of breaks in the reality. And then, of course, Vision notices this. And then Wanda and, and Vision have a conflict uh, based on that moment as well. Um, and then there's this, this even stranger moment, basically, where Billy and Tommy 
who have been crying this whole time stop crying and they go from being little little babies to five years old. They age up, okay? And there's there's some implications behind who's doing that, but we'll get to that when we get into the bigger breakout of the episode, obviously. Um, so from there, like, we have them age up, and then we have the opening of the, of the WandaVision episode, the actual uh, sort of 80s sitcom opening theme song. And there's some interesting lyrics there, which we can talk about later as well. Uh, and it's definitely very, very much influenced by like family ties and stuff like that, which is really funny. Um, but then we go back to the real world and we have a conversation basically with Monica and all of the sword agents about basically, you know, how, like what to do with all of this new information regarding if Wanda's in control or not, or if she's actually altering reality, they have whole conversations about that um and that's kind of what's going on in the outside they're trying to figure out what to do about basically that situation right um and then if we you know we have this other situation back in the wandavision reality where the twins get a dog right dog this dog comes out of nowhere and there's a whole other situation involving agnes there where the twins again um they age up because Vision says that they shouldn't have the dog so they until they're like 10 years old. So they age up again to 10. And then, you know, we have some more basic um, exposition about what's going on, at least in the in the reality outside. Uh, again, from Monica and, and Jimmy Woo, Agent Woo, and um, Dr. Lewis, Dr. Darcy Lewis. And then we have another crazy moment in the episode where Vision is interacting with Norm, back in the WandaVision reality. Um, and, it, you know, in that moment with Norm, he kind of breaks from the reality as well, okay? Um, and Vision starts to uncover a little bit more about what's going on. And then we have uh, a return to the outside of the reality where basically Wanda has a conflict with the sword agents finally. And, you know, we go back to the to the WandaVision reality again. We have another conflict where Vision's basically starting to figure out what the heck is going on, and he's not letting it go. And then we have our very special guest at the end of this uh, very special episode of WandaVision. So that's like a basic brief, you know, point by point of what kind of happens in this episode. So, yeah, Wolfie. So, I mean, so basically, like, as you guys can see, there was a lot of, like, instances where there was a little bit of a break in the WandaVision world more so than we've seen in the previous episodes and stuff and and so yeah let's talk about that first point like what do you guys how do you how do you guys feel about like the whole aging thing like how do you feel about like the babies obviously obviously the aging didn't happen now it happened you know during the pregnancy otherwise I mean that's how she went to full term in one day um I have my theories on the aging what do you guys think? Who do you think is manipulating the aging? Is it really the kids? Is it Wanda or is it something else? It seems like the kids. Because she told them not to do it. And it looked like they were about to do it again. Then she okay. stopped them. So I think it is them. I don't kind I, I think I'm not a fan of the whole super super aging thing uh 
we had to deal with a very similar thing in Supernatural. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, yes, it's convenient. Like, if you wanted them to be toddlers, okay, fine. Short burst of power, that's okay. But, I mean, at this rate, why not just make them full-grown adults, you know? It's, it's just, and then it looks like they control it at will, so. I think it's, um like, Wanda is, her power, <clears throat> excuse me, her power is being used. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me again. Her power is being used to manipulate the reality. And she's doing it somewhat willingly because she wants this happy reality with Vision. But she has that moment at the end of the episode where she has a, the confrontation with Vision about him basically starting to realize that something is totally wrong with this reality. He doesn't remember who he is, all of that stuff. And she, she says she doesn't know how any of this started. And I don't think she's lying. I think that, that somebody else kind of manipulated her into creating this. And then she, she accepted it. And, you know, she's starting to like basically believe it more and more herself. But I think that that ties into what the twins are doing too. I think that they realize that they can do certain things within this reality because they have that other reality breaking moment with mm-hmm. Wanda regarding bringing the dog back to life. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that they know that that by maybe wishing for certain things in this reality, it can be fulfilled. But it's obviously it it seems obvious that it's not Wanda that's in full control, because if she were, she would be able to do whatever she wanted with the twins as well. And with Vision and with everyone that's involved in this in this reality. So I think there's still somebody else pulling the strings behind even the aging and even all even all of that. Well, Walt, what about you? I, uh, I, I, I have a theory that I think that a lot of people might be maybe maybe kind of gloss over of what a pos- what the possibility is as far as like who this, you know, other new party is that's controlling WandaVision and everything. So, um, but yeah, Walt, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with the rest of the group. Um, I think Wanda is kind of you know what it feels like? It feels like, you know, the 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 driving school cars where you have wheels on both sides. I think she's in the passenger seat, but uh, no, I think she's in the driver's seat and she's kind of driving, but there's always somebody mm, that supersedes her. You oh know man. what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's the way perfect. that I feel it. Because that's the perfect analogy for what I want to, what I want to say. It, it mm. really is because I mean, you know, if she was in full control of, you know, this reality, then the kids would not have the ability to age up. And it's clear that, you know, they can do this on their own, right? And then there's another point later in the episode, which we'll get to, where she literally tells Vision, I'm not doing this, you know? So, like I said, I think she has partial control of this reality, Mm -hmm. but clearly there's somebody above her that really is, is pulling the strings here. Yeah, she has no control regarding regarding the children at all because she couldn't make the stork disappear. She couldn't. She didn't create herself as pregnant. She wanted to be maybe, but she didn't actually, you know, snap it into reality, so to speak. And she couldn't stop the twins from aging up. Yeah, and so, especially and she couldn't in, stop them from crying either. So everything relating the kids is completely out of her control. And especially in this episode, if if you look at, um, uh. I forgot what Elizabeth Olsen's face. A lot of times she showed surprise with some of the things that were happening within yeah. that episode. So mm-hmm. to me, that just means that, you know what? Now 
she's losing more and more touch with this reality and it's becoming clear to her that you know what i'm not fully driving this bus here yeah she looked like here's, the avengers when they theory. broke from her mind control powers in age of ultron she had the same expression mm-hmm. as the mm-hmm. all right here's my theory and uh we didn't actually i didn't mention this at all in the group chat <clears> at all. Mm-hmm. but um let bear with me for a little bit and i want to use your analogy of like the student driver cars where you have steering wheels on both sides right Mm-hmm. What if that? What if? What if that car is the brain, and what we're dealing is with multiple personalities? That's and certainly it's, possible. It's too. it's her yeah, subconscious. It it's another. It's another her alter ego, another version of Wanda that's that's dealing with the grief in a certain way, right? Because let's yeah. think about it, right? It's happened in the comics. It's, it yeah, happens well, in I mean, real life, you know. Yeah, it happens in real life. Like, see, like I want to point to a, just a couple things that kind of give me this, right? The first one is when they have the dog and she, you know, as Wanda is, I, oh, we can't have this dog and this and the other. But as soon as she picks up the dog, she really kind of wants the dog. And even though she doesn't want to agree with Vision on like, uh, you know, saying no to the kids, when she says 10 and then all of a sudden they age up to 10, what if that's a subconscious part of her that's aging the kids up to make it work? Dude, that dog was too cute. So cute. You know what I'm saying? The second thing, the second thing is when the kids were, you know, when unfortunately going back to the dog, when Sparky unfortunately, uh, you know, passed away um, within the episode and the kids wanted to age up. What if that's her subconscious? What if the kids are a manifestation of herself and her grief and where the kids automatically want to start aging up in a way to like deal with the grief, right? It, her subconscious trying to deal with the grief by running away from everything it's the same age that she lost her parents she was 10 her and her i don't know how old pietro was but she was 10 years old well they're twins yeah well yeah of course yeah so they were both 10 (laughs) and then here's the third thing here's the third thing when the sword agents were having um uh the the meeting and everything describing uh wandavision the whole nine um, what's the, uh, the, the main, like, uh, sword agent, the, I guess the commander and everything. What's Hayward? His name? Does anybody Director Hayward. Okay. Yeah. Director Hayward. When, when he's detailing her, uh, talking about her, he's saying, you know, oh, she didn't have an alter ego. She didn't have a different name that she went by. Mm-hmm. I almost like, feel like that's a little bit of a break from where like we're dealing with WandaVision versus Scarlet Witch. I think that's uh, also okay. that's also making fun of the fact that you know what they have never mentioned her as Scarlet Witch within the MCU. Maybe, you know? maybe, but that is way too much of a coincidence to be dropping that in a in in a uh, in a show that's dealing with someone that's having a mental breakdown and dealing with mental illness. And it does feel weird that they harped on it for that for that you know it wasn't like a, a throwaway line. It was like you know is, does she have a nickname? You know it was something that. It wasn't. It was there purposefully, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so, so I feel like that's kind of like what we're doing. We everyone's kind of hoping or maybe thinking that it's Mephisto and all that, and it'd be great. But I think it would be easier to say that she's having a mental breakdown and dealing with schizophrenia and a multiple personality uh, situation. Personally, you know? personally, Gabe, for me, um, I actually like the fact, and I think I did mention this in the chat yesterday when we were talking about it. I, I kind of like the fact of her being, you know, the bad guy of the show and, and actually seeing Scarlet Witch, you know. I think I think that's something that would be interesting to see in the MCU. 
you know, because usually we have the good guy, the bad guy turning into the good guy, which she was one of them, you know. Um, it would be interesting to see that her kind of going dark side because of the fact that she's so broken by the right. fact that she lost vision. I think right. that would be super interesting to watch and see how, you know, Marvel handles that within this, 100%, you know, thing, you know. I agree with you 100%, but how do you do this without hurting the fans that love Wanda? You do this with the multiple personality, right? Yeah. Because if you just make Wanda the bad guy that all of a sudden Wanda is Wanda and she's just she's just the bad guy, how do you make all of her fans accept that she's the bad guy? Yeah, I mean, and if you're a true works. fan of, of her, though, she's been the bad guy. That's probably why right, you're right. a fan of her. Well, if you're a fan, you know, if you're a fan of the comics, right? right? If you're a fan yeah. of the comics, yeah. right? But we're talking about, like, the MCU, MCU. Disney. Okay. Disney's brought in a swath of people that don't read comics at all and aren't going to, you know? Which I'm okay with. I love the fact that we have a much wider audience, even though the audience may not be, you know, reading the entire history of the comics. Uh, because, it, you know, it, it, it keeps the comics world alive and all that but you you do you do kind of need to give a little bit of service to them and i feel like this would be the way to make it happen well you make it a redemption story you know that that's clear and simple that's that's probably the way you do it that way you don't lose the fans that that you know grew up with her in the mcu and that's their only instance you know you, mm -hmm. you Right. Redeem her later on. You know, you had to wait a whole year though, right? Because Doctor Strange comes yeah. out in March of next year, doesn't it? If I'm, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is it? I, I think not. so. I think I think it it's a 2022 be. film. Listen, oh. the only 2021 film. I thought it was. I thought Black it was Widow this year. And, or Black Widow and um, not Inhumans. Uh, Celestials. Eternals. Uh, Eternals. Eternals. Thank you. Um. I believe that that Doctor Strange is a 2022 release. So if it's a 2022 release, you have Wanda as a villain for a whole year. Yeah, it's basically. March 25th of 2022. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a whole year of her being the villain. I think we might see her get her sort of redemptive arc in this show, right? Because I think I think there's definitely a possibility so. that she's yeah. the villain. That seems but, very, very short lived. I feel like that's you know? very unlikely because I, I feel like I feel you like you have to rush that. Yeah, I mean, to me, this show is is a prologue to the next phase of Marvel, right? And if you have a prologue, the prologue has to end with a bunch of questions. If you if you give her her redemption story, then there's nothing. Like, I don't know, like. That, well, I, well, hold, that, hold on. I have I have thoughts. Interesting at that point. Well, hold on. I have uh -huh. I have thoughts because. We know that Kevin Feige pulls from from real comic storylines, and you figure he would probably want to pull from something that's a little more current. And I, I mentioned this in the chat, but I kind of withheld some of my thoughts until we got on the podcast today. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying this is necessarily like what they what they should do, but what they could be doing is they could be setting up uh, the most recent um, Secret Wars, which was basically a multiverse collapsing event. And you have her kind of, you know, because it's already been, what, it's episode four, and she was kind of revealed as the quote-unquote villain, right? Um, so it's episode four. We have five more episodes to kind of explore this a little bit. Because, you, you know, if, if you go to your point, Wolfie, you don't want to make her a full-on villain because that's going to ruin the people that really, really enjoy her 
MCU character who's not a real villain, who's kind of already been through the redemptive arc. Like she's already been there in Age of Ultron. So doing it again in an extended way actually kind of might be redundant if you think about it. But this leads into the multiverse of madness and Spider-Man and all of these other movies where the multiverse is kind of going haywire. But it could be something where they discover that it's basically multiverses crashing in on each other, destroying each other. This is how you have the TVA get involved. You have all these other things that we know are confirmed Mm -hmm. to be getting involved in the MCU in terms of movies and TV shows. This is how you can kind of all create the the most recent Secret Wars. But again, this is going to this is going to suck for fans like Walt and myself who want to see original Secret Wars, because if they do new Secret Wars, then we're probably not going to get old Secret Wars. Yeah. Right. So that could be part of the arc that they're trying to set up here with the I mean, because that's that's one of the best best reasons to set up the multiverse. It's one of the biggest multiverse stories that we have in Marvel Comics. Well, was the that thing story. is, the thing is that, like, if you go that route, then you forego the ability to uh, to to pull in the entire mutant world in a cohesive manner that makes sense. And this is why I go back to the whole thing that my theory is that this is House of M. So does, does anyone here? It could be. Well, it could, if, be, it if, could be that the ramifications of it are the multiverse collapsing in on itself. I don't see. Kind of putting those storylines like, together. That's what, that's what Feige is known for, you know? I guess. I mean, they did put Civil War together with the Infinity War. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't <laughs> like that because, really, I, because I, was not, I was not happy the fact that they did Civil War in one film. You know, yeah, the Civil War was yeah. such a huge thing. I mean, House of M was part of Civil War, you know? Like, that's how big Civil War was. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like Avengers if they did 3. that, that would be a little sucky. But House of M is such a huge thing that happens so far away from, uh, like, Secret Wars in the sense that, like, House of M is essentially House of Magneto. And how do we have House of Magneto? It's through WandaVision's, you know, reality-bending, you know, situation from her mental breakdown. But you know, you know how they could do it that would be dope, possibly? Mm-hmm is we have all these shows that I think I think all of these MCU shows that are coming out Loki and and right Captain uh, uh, god um <clears throat> Falcon and the Winter Soldier excuse me I think okay. they're all going to be in the same timeline as WandaVision it's going to be right after the unblip happened so all of them might be dealing with certain aspects kind of like a com- a big comic event where different comics are all yeah. leading mm-hmm, up to the big sure. tie-in, they could all be dealing with House of M. But we're not going to get that resolved yet because we could still have something like that setting up into the Multiverse of Madness and Spider-Man and all of those other places where it's possible to start putting in breadcrumbs for, so, for X-Men and for House so, of M. Right. So, so there's a couple things that I want to talk about um, you know, uh, before we move on and stuff like that. Like Two points that I want to hit on is, again, the House of M angle as well as the... Um, the 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 fight between Vision and Wanda. So we're yeah. gonna. I I, I want to come circle around back to House of M because there's a couple things that happen in the uh, show itself, just visually, mm-hmm. that make me that for me is almost like a confirmation of House of M. And uh, we'll get back to that. But I do want to get to the fight that happened with uh, Vision and Wanda because as you mentioned earlier, Vision was able to see that like this is all a manipulation by Wanda after. He realized that Norm is 
um, under her control and all that. He got to see the real Norm. He saw his panic and all that. And then when he got home at the end of the night, mm-hmm. they had a major fight. They almost came to blows. Um, and, you know, it's it's interesting because Vision is clearly vision is, is is very clearly actually vision i i thought up until this point that like vision was essentially a puppet that he was just she stole his body and she was controlling him and all that stuff implanted you know a consciousness onto the body and stuff but it really does seem like this is actually vision because he's able to kind of break free from the power and not be controlled by her Mm-hmm. And he's able to like utilize his powers however he wants at will. So, did anybody else think that this was Vision from the get? Because now, like, I'm kind of questioning. I'm not sure if it's really Vision or if it's like a husk. I think it's him. I think yeah, so him. do I. I think it's it's. I think I mentioned this on last week's podcast. I think it might we might get the same gamble that we got in Wonder Woman '84, where she has to choose. And and she's gonna have yeah, to let but, Vision yeah, go yeah. and let him die again. You mentioned it. You mentioned Maybe. it. But in Wonder Woman eighty four, it wasn't really um, what's his name. No, no, I know. It, it just, was just the, the storyline device. No, in I, this I one, wanted, I like, feel the like plot this device, him. not I feel the, like this not is the actually him though. Actual circumstance, I guess. Because like, like do, you it, think, do you think that she like fully revived him? Yes, I do think so. Well, I he is only an android. It's not like. She's going against her own rules that she addressed in this episode. That's probably why they right. also keep mentioning the the background, the microwave background oh, that's radiation. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what um, Wong talks about yeah. in Doctor Strange, or I don't think it was in Doctor Strange. I think it was in um, Infinity War. He talks about the creation of the stones. He says that there was it was at the time of the Big Bang, and they keep bringing up the cosmic yeah. microwave mm-hmm. background radiation. So maybe yeah. she somehow created recreated the stones recreated the mind stone like a a theory that i've seen in a couple of places is that if you look at each of the commercials they all represent one of the infinity stones like in color well in color and in other ways as well because i think it's the Mm -hmm. soap the soap looks like the tesseract it's a blue cube the box and then we have the the one in the most recent episode today and lagos or or what is it like the 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 reality the (laughs) lagos the, the the reality stone was like kind of like a red blob, right? Yeah, the ether, yeah, right? The ether, it was a red, yeah. oh, red wow. spill. Oh my in god! This so many breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's. Po- I think that he's. I think that that she's using her power in a limited way to keep this reality in Westview together, hmm. to keep Vision alive, and to have the Infinity Stones perhaps exist again in her small pocket reality, and we'll mm-hmm. see. If that has any ramifications, if that's permanent, that's just again, that's a spitball kind of random theory. But right. Well, well, here's here's possible. my take on it because, um, you know, first of all, before before I go on, um, did you guys notice that that little Avengers Endgame end credit scene that was never an end credit scene in this episode? Yeah, where Vision was 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 basically yeah. being experimented on. <laughs> and no, they, that's she went in and stole the body. That right. was that was that whole scene. That was supposed to be originally the end credit scene for oh, Endgame. Right, right. You, you know notice you noticed that his body was in pieces, which it, it wasn't when yeah. Thanos took took care of him. So they were clearly Sword was clearly experimenting. Yeah. On but vision, here which is a whole other wrinkle. Here, here's the thing that I find interesting about this because um 
first of all, I don't I don't know if you guys noticed, but he does have the Mind Stone on his forehead, or yeah. he has some something on his forehead. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he has so, had it pretty much the whole time. Right. So it's clear that you know um, she recreated him, and maybe like you guys were saying, she's she's bringing back the Infinity Stones, and the fact that he exists in this reality really really means to me that he just exists period and the reason i say that is because when you go there was a very specific scene where um monica ran over to go look at her clothes right which were changed by you know her going into the hex but yet it still retained right. the original properties like for example it was still, like, it was still kevlar right right exactly the clothing. So, to me, I think that vest that she had. Yeah. So to me, if Vision were ever to get out of the hex, I think he's still Vision. I think he's. I, I don't. For me, I I think he, it's it's a done that's deal. A Vision that's, is that's back. A, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Yep, that's a good yeah. point. I mean, and, and the is thing back. is, I want Vision to be back. He's like I said this in the last podcast. I would hate if like the 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 last that we get of Paul Bettany as Vision is the next four episodes. That that would totally suck. We well, you know, more of him, so. you know, he has that that little story about the time that they brought him in after um, Infinity War, I believe it was, or something like that. And oh, enlighten he, me. Well, he he they the executives brought him back, and he literally thought that they were gonna be he was gonna be fired, and that's when they pitched WandaVision to him, and he was like super happy. He was like walking into the office down and dour, and he was like, "Oh, this is my the end of my Marvel career." Yeah. And they mm. were like, "No, we got something more for you." You know, so Something he was like huge. super happy. You know, yeah, yeah. Because Vision, oh man, Vision is just so good. Um, all right, so back to the fight. They're fighting in the living room, kind of the way the parents do when the kids are asleep and stuff. Sometimes, you know, when they air out their 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 uh, their issues of the day. You know, hopefully it doesn't happen in a lot of households, but you know, every once in a while, parents gotta you know kind of iron out the wrinkles, right? Yeah, stuff happens. Um, and. Clearly, the 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 culmination of the the uh, the little fight that they've had that they had that almost came to blows uh, is that Vision no longer trusts Wanda, and Wanda's realizing that. And at this moment, we get like the classic. This is like a classic, uh, you know, um, old school sitcom trope where like someone knocks at the door, w- rings the bell, and is like, "Who could that be?" And then we get like the cool guy, you know. We get the cool guy entrance. Uncle Jesse is there, and everyone's like clapping and all that stuff. And and who do we have? We have her brother, Pietro, show up at the door. But is it though? It's not. It's not the brother that she knows. It's not, you know, um, Aaron Aaron Johnson, Aaron Taylor Johnson mm-hmm. from the MCU. And this is what, like, this is why I wanted to circle back to 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 House of M. Because this is, to me, this is really important, right? If you're going to recast him for the show, I think that, like, it doesn't make sense to recast him for this show. Because let's say, you know, uh, uh, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Johnson doesn't want to do it anymore. And he does. They... <laughs> well, they, they've asked him recently. He, de- he said he would definitely come back. Look He's at got that. nothing going That's on. That's even more confirmation. <laughs> That's even more confirmation. I think he'll be back too, but go ahead. So instead of recasting, like, again, Wanda is the, as far as we know, the director, the casting director, the set director, the lighter, the 
screenwriter and the whole nine for this entire production, if she is going to even subconsciously recast him as another actor, how could it possibly be the Fox version of Quicksilver of Pietro? To well, me, that tells me that it's that's got to be the mute because he is very specifically the mutant world version of Pietro. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think she's you know if it is her, I think she's still adhering to her own rules that she set in that episode because she clearly said you know talking to the kids about Sparky, you can't bring back somebody who's already dead. Mm-hmm. So you know Except if she. Well, but Vision's not really a person. Vision is is yeah. you know an android, so he's he's replaceable, he's repairable. But you can't bring. That's why she she refused to bring back Sparky, and I think that's why you're seeing Evan Peters instead of Aaron Taylor Johnson because she's sticking to the rules that she even set ah. within that episode, where it's like I can't bring back Pietro, my Pietro, but I mm. want him back. So so again. This is if she's controlling it. This is where I hit you with a curveball. What is this? Because remember, remember when the kids, when the when her boys asked her if she had a brother, she had mm-hmm. a moment that we've seen multiple times on this show so far already, where she's she kind of like glares away and answers that yes, I do, but he's really really far away right now. Right. What and if that is a moment where her alter ego or you know her schizophrenic side kind of comes to be? And says yes, I have one, and she's actually brought him back. And again, her- you know, the, to me, and and just speaking as a parent and knowing how small those kids are, maybe she, you know, she was she was trying to not upset them. You know, you know how like when you're talking to a small child and mm-hmm. you're trying to talk to them about death, you really you kind of circumvent that in a way. So that to me felt what that was about. But you could you could be a hundred percent right. It could be her subconscious saying, "Well, you know what," and and it could be this. It could be you know what, my Pietro is not here, but I know I may know of you know since I'm breaking reality and you know the multiverse is breaking down. You know maybe subconsciously I have knowledge that my Pietro is not here, but there is another Pietro out there. You know, and maybe I can bring him in. You know, the the only thing that weirds me out about this, and again, I'm nitpicking because that's what I do. Um, she clearly doesn't recognize Pietro for obvious reasons, right? But Pietro knows you think her that she instantly. Him? Oh, clearly not, because it was it was a total shock, and and it took her a while to kind of figure it out. Maybe hmm. because of the hair, and she's like, "Pietro, is that you?" But he didn't have that moment. He was instant. It was like, you know, oh, you're my Wanda. Which is weird to me because if Quicksilver is different in his universe, then it would stand to reason that Wanda would be also. But he didn't have that moment of, hmm, yeah, who could no you Wanda. be? You know? There is no Wanda in the X-Men. I mean, yeah, there is no they never, they never. No, there Wanda is. He, no, there I mean, is. He does have a sister. Yeah. He does yeah. have a sister. They never mentioned that she became yeah. Wanda. But he does have a sister because they mentioned that she actually, I think she was even there in um, Days of Future Past. We went to visit him. Yeah. So he clearly he has a sister. Mm. Um, And so, like I said, again, nitpick for me because that's what I do. I love to nitpick stuff. Right. But it's like, you know, if if Quicksilver is different, then why wouldn't Wanda? You know, it well, 
this reality clearly edits people's minds. What if it's her alter ego mm-hmm. going, rewrite? Well, I don't think that's really Pietro in my mind. That's just me, but, you know, I'll mm. leave that to you guys to discuss. Well, so then, I, so so going back to House of M, who, who read House of M? Here. I, Quick question. I, I honestly, I have, I have limited knowledge. I didn't read okay. the entire thing, so. And AJ, no? I know only one phrase. <laughs> okay, so then okay. Jose, do you remember remember the moment that Wanda officially uh, distorted the entire world re- reality? Not the no more mutants moment because she no, did no, it not that, that. Not that moment before that. Before that, it was it was when she was having a conflict with oh my lord who was it? I haven't read it in a while, but she was arguing about the twins, wasn't she? And she had that um, break. It was actually it was. So, not to go into, like, super spoilers, but essentially she was already kind of going crazy and there were, you know, issues happening and stuff like that. But this Yeah, was, she was already schizophrenic, was, right? Yeah, there was a, a, a point where um, the, you know, Xavier and the Avengers, well, the X-Men and the Avengers, uh, were contemplating on, you know, basically killing Wanda in order to, like, save humanity and, you know, rather save the world from, yeah. like, her insanity. And uh, Pietro goes, he overhears it with super speed, goes straight to Magneto, lets him know what's going on. And and I don't want to say what happens from here. But then after this scene, something very specific happens to the entire world. An entire, a, a, essentially a red cloak takes over the whole world. Right? Okay, essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. envelops the world. And it's at this moment that the entire Earth's reality gets completely changed. And we in see that, that moment. We see that in this episode. Somewhat. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. When she when she gets out of the hex and confronts uh, Monica and Sword and everything, and she walks back in, they took the time to pan out and show that the entire hex is a red, enveloping um, you know yes. fabric that's right, controlling right, the reality. Right. And if you combine that detail with the fact that Pietro from the from the the mutant version, I guess mutant version of Pietro from the Fox world is in there. I feel like this is like, and, and, you know, something that just got released on Instagram a couple hours ago is boss logic, putting up a, you know, one of a piece of artwork of Magneto manipulating a bunch of guns with the M of his helmet. Very highlighted. No way that that's a, hold on, hold on, hold on. Kevin Feige wouldn't allow it. Hold on. Well, there is all boss logic does is like very soon. (laughs) Like, come on. And, well, and you, and well, you add the whole, that. like, oh, there's going to be a Luke Skywalker-like uh, a Luke Skywalker-like uh, cameo in this in this season? Kevin Feige wouldn't allow it. Can, can allow I? It. Can, oh, no. Have you guys you know, seen that video, Kevin, though? He's meeting with Kevin Feige, like, in, like, a, few, a week or something like that. He's meeting that, with him. Yeah. There's no way that Kevin Feige would allow, like, or or that meeting's canceled. I guarantee. Well, it be a <laughs> for, for I don't know. I don't know. Hey, but did you guys see that video, that little short video where um, they were showing uh, Magneto and Wanda side by side? Have you seen that? Mm, no. no. Okay, so so referencing that, that point where she, she, you know, mind-controlled all of the S.W.O.R.D. agents to point it at Hayward, as she's walking away, she has this little flip of her hand. Yeah. Magneto does the exact same thing in, in the movies. Really? Exactly. I oh mean, my God. oh yeah, that whole there scene. is, there is, is the literally, it is literally 
that can't be a coincidence, people. Yeah, that no, really can't. 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 Can I say one more thing? Um, yeah. Just going back to Evan Peters, um, another reason why I believe it had to be him is because you're talking about an 80s show that she's having this 80s reality. And you got to remember, all those X-Men shows happened in the past. That version of, of Pietro is the 80s version of Pietro. So I, I think that has really? maybe... Mm. I think that has maybe something to do with it. I don't know. You know man. what I'm saying? I don't know. I, I again, think they could they could have hired any Pietro. Uh, mm, no, actually, no, 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 no. Actually, no, no, no. I see, I see it. I see what you're talking about. Yeah, I see what you're I, talking about. Yeah, because He's remember, future past, and again, Pietro as a kid, and again, it goes back to Monica, where it's like, well, you know what? We have to put in something into the hex that belongs to that decade, and that's why yeah. they brought in the drone. You know. So mm-hmm. it just stands yeah. to reason if you're going to bring in Quicksilver, why wouldn't you bring in the 80s decade Quicksilver? Uh, just a, a thought, you know? Yeah, but yeah. then they would, ha- they would have to go into the fabric of time and pull him out to bring him into that current reality. Well, that would be the person that's at the wheel of this driver instructor mm. car well okay okay yeah, here's here's my question i think let's get a couple final thoughts and then and then and then and well then i have a, i have a question yeah, because yeah. okay like and I'll, and I'll answer obviously my own question is um elizabeth olsen recently said that there was as we've mentioned in earlier in the podcast that there's a cameo that is of Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian. Right, exactly. Proportions, right? It can't be it can't be Evan Peters. It's exactly. not. I don't, I don't buy that. Okay. I really don't. I like I like that moment, but to me that's not a Luke Skywalker moment. Okay, but but hold it's on. Really so so to me, the Luke Skywalker moment is you have and look, I mentioned this in the chat yesterday. It's not gonna be a permanent thing, but I think that that in a way, Kevin Feige also might be trying to introduce New X Men by closing out the old X Men in a in a on a really high note, okay? Because Paul Bettany also said that there was somebody on the show that is going to be a huge cameo that is somebody that that he's wanted to work with forever. And again, I I love Evan Peters. I love Evan Peters. He's amazing in in quick as Quicksilver. He's amazing in American Horror Story. He's a good mm-hmm. actor all around. He is. It ain't Paul Bettany ain't talking about him. Paul Bettany no. is not talking about Evan Peters. No, but he could be talking about a Patrick Stewart. He could be talking about an Ian McKellen. And again, yeah. I'm not saying it's no, permanent. No. I'm not saying it's permanent, but it could be something where they appear as role players in trying to fix all this stuff that's going on with reality in the next two or three movies. Because if you look at Spider Man, where everybody's coming from, every property, everywhere. Why wouldn't you, if you were Kevin Feige, play with these amazing actors? You have James McAvoy, you have Patrick Stewart, you have Ian McKellen, you have Jennifer Lawrence if you want to bring her back. Although I wouldn't I bring her back. I think you have Fassbender. Nicholas Holt, you have Michael, Fa- you have Fassbender, you have all these people. But I don't see. I don't think it's Fassbender either. I think it's bigger than that. I think Fassbender oh. and them will be in it. And I and I my theory is that they're actually going to carry them into the MCU, the newest X Men, the, the the main. Let me. The main core of it, the McAvoy, the Fastbender, the Nicholas Holt, yeah, I think know, it's the Evan Peters. I think yeah. they're going to be, I think they're going to be the X Men in the but, MCU. Jose, let me but, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Um, Kevin Feige, he's known to do the big splash, right? That's yeah. that's what he loves to do. 
Don't you think, though, it's kind of counterproductive to have that type of splash in a series as opposed to the movies? And granted, I understand that people are watching the crap out of this series. It just seems that something this important is probably something that he would relegate to the cinematic universe. I know, but where else you know is he going to do it? I don't, I don't right know. Now. Honestly, where else I don't know. Do it? Black Widow? So. No, no. Well, yeah. you, you, you kind of build this up. I, like I said, you, you even said it. Breadcrumbs. He loves doing the breadcrumbs. He's dropping breadcrumbs, but I don't think the full any full reveal would happen in this show. It doesn't. I'm gonna say right now that it's gonna be. Think about this. I'm gonna say it right now. It's Fastbender. One hundred percent. Let me just let me just make. You know who I was talking about? about What was thinking about? Guys, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me say this because again, you forget we're not gonna get the resolution of this for a whole year. You no, drop I get the that. breadcrumb, and then you start with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in bringing the X Men in. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Really that's that's but there's where nothing I else think. right now because that's WandaVision is is either WandaVision or Loki. Those are the only two properties where you can drop the first breadcrumbs right now. You you can't. I mean, nobody's going to care about dropping that in Black Widow. It doesn't make sense in Black Widow, and you you could do it in Spider Man, but we're not going. They're not going to wait for Spider Man. They already dropped uh. Evan Peters in this episode. It's to me. It's leading into, and again, it doesn't. It could be Fassbender, like like Wolfie is saying. It doesn't have to you be know, Patrick you Stewart. Know it doesn't have to really, be Ian McKellen. I thought but it I was think Ian McKellen. They're, they're going to be in it. Yeah, I, I have I have the sense, and again, it, it's probably Fassbender. But as as I was thinking about it, Ian McKellen makes Paul Bettany want to work with him. Exactly. That's that's <laughs> the guy Stewart. because those guys they have so much gravitas, and you know, and they're all British. They're, they're exactly, all, they're, they're like, you know, they're like, that's, they're like his, that's where they're like he looked up to. And I right? love, I love Fassbender, but Fassbender might be a little bit too young for this part, especially when it's yeah. Wanda. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That and that's the thing that really I would love to see Fassbender re- recreate the role. But I think in terms of age wise, McKellen makes sense. I, I I I understand and I agree with you, but I always thought that Amy McKellen was too old to play Magneto. Because even though Magneto, even but even again, though Magneto in the comic books was all white haired and stuff like that, he definitely didn't look like he was in his like late eighties, early nineties. But, he, but here you go, here you go. Years. You give him the that final send off, that makeup, that, and and that's it. And then you bring in a maybe. new set. Maybe you rewrite reality where everybody gets young and stuff. Yeah, well, maybe he gets killed that. in this multiversal yeah. conflict, I and know. it's up to uh, Fastbender to like actually do something. I I don't know. Can right, I so, can I ask yeah. one yeah. more thing? Do sure. you think Wanda got her powers by that splash that she took? I mean, not Wanda, um, Monica, when yes. she got kicked out of the hex. Yes, because of her her weird X ray. Yeah, her weird her. Weird I just medical. wanted to mention that real quick. I know we have okay. to move on, but I just wanted to mention that real quick. It was all light. Her whole X ray was light. It was just white light. Mm. So photon yeah, she's probably yeah. photon. Photon. Monica Rambo is photon. Yep. Props right. to Tiana Paris, by the way. She's yeah. awesome. All right. We can move All on. Right. So, um, Sorry. I know that there's there's still, and, and it's funny because there's still so many breadcrumbs left on the table. Oh, there uh, is. Pun intended, uh, that we didn't talk about. So, I'm sure that this stuff will come out little by little. Um, you know, I so think it's hard. good to leave some stuff to the iman- imagination as wild as our imagination gets. So, um, but I do want to get to a couple geek outs, you know, a few geek outs since it's you know the, the the crew over here but before we do once again thank you guys for listening if you guys um have a friend or know someone that uh that, that would be into listening to the conversation that we're having right now mm-hmm. please send them a link share this podcast 
and and do us a favor like rate share and subscribe to the mm-hmm. podcast so that we can keep doing what we're doing um and reaching as many fans as possible um but for everyone that already has thank you guys so much um but anyway moving on geek outs what are y'all geeking out on uh who wants to go first uh man since i've basically been geeking out on the same thing that i've been geeking out about for the last couple of weeks or the same things i'll just i'll go first and i'll keep it relatively brief attack on titan is freaking amazing and oh dude as I've already told, as I've already told Walt in the in the chat groups and and AJ and Eli, like this is going to be now that they've seen this this show that this other show that I've been uh, pushing them and badgering them to to watch that show being Breaking Bad, um, the new show that I'm going to badger them to watch is going to be Attack on Titan, like because it has it, you guys have to see it, you have to see it because I. Because I want to know your opinion also, but so I mean, Attack on Titan. I've been rewatching it in the Japanese, uh, the original Japanese with the subtitles and the sub, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's still amazing. And I'm still <clears> noticing <throat> incredible moments. I'm not going to spoil it because I want the guys to watch it, like I said. But incredible character moments. And the only thing that I will say that I absolutely love is you have your first season, which sets up the characters and is almost cliche, I think. I think there's a point to that though, right? Because you have your second season where you're introduced to the world of Attack on Titan and you have your, and you have the fleshing out of these supposedly cliché characters, right? Because none of them are cliché by the end, I think. Uh, you get to season 3 where you have these characters reacting to a complete change in context and then you have the fallout so far in season 4. And season 4 has been amazing it makes the whole show it makes the entire series better the first three seasons once you get to season four i don't know how mm-hmm. far you've gotten wolfie oh no i've only seen the first episode of uh season four okay. uh, i've been crashing um out of you know exhaustion you know yeah. I, don't, I don't binge the way that i used to binge so you know i, I if i binge three episodes all of a sudden i'm falling asleep so there's there's <laughs> eight episodes currently in japanese getting, you're getting old Dave. I think <laughs> getting old. It's funny. I saw a meme today that was like, that was uh, that was like, I'm at the age where like I, I either suffered an injury or this is just how my body is. <laughs> there you go. So I suffered an basically, injury. that's where I'm I am. At, I'm at that part of the age. But yeah, <laughs> you have you lot. have eight episodes of this of the sub in season four and three, I think, of the dub in season four. Which is really cool too. I, I really enjoy how they like basically come out at the same time, but it's been amazing. Um, where, where are you watching it? Funimation now. Mm, okay. I'm watching on Funimation now. I have nice, a, a nice. subscription to that, and mm. I mean that's like probably why I get like the dub so quickly. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't have TV anymore. Mm. I haven't watched TV. I don't have cable in yeah. well, TV in the cable sense, right? I haven't had it in, in a very long time. Um, but yes, it has been. Absolutely amazing for season four. At binge as far as you can those next seven episodes. Are you watching the sub or the dub right now? Uh, well, watching the or sub of, of season four, right? Because I have okay. I'm watching it on on Hulu. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, get through it as quickly as you can. Um, yeah, and so you guys got to start watching it. I'm dying to. Oh my god, it's so good, so good. Um. Anyways, yeah, like, since I don't want to spoil it, I just want to keep basically saying it's amazing and everybody should watch it. And it's one of my favorite shows possibly of all time. 
I want to see really him stick the landing. We'll see. It, 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 it's really interesting because uh, on IMDb, if I'm not mistaken, they have like seven or uh, like, I guess they have like six or seven of these eight episodes mm-hmm. are higher rated. Like it's like one season has seven episodes that are rated 9.8 or 10. Mm-hmm. Where they have basically the Attack on Titan, Attack on Titan has more episodes rated nine point seven and higher than Game than the final season of Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad together. I think mm-hmm. I saw probably it's you that know, good so, of a show. It's, yeah, it's so. that good. It really is. And if if you really really enjoy the sub, check it out there. But the dub is, as I mentioned last week, also absolutely amazing. The voice actors are incredible in both the sub nice. and the dub. Yeah, and the and the translation is fantastic. Also. We're both club. kind of geeking out over that. Yeah, 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 for sure. And the other one, the other thing that I'm geeking out about real quick, uh, like I said, is something else that I geeked out about recently is I've been playing further into Death Stranding, and it's a lot of fun so far. I'm in Chapter 3. I don't know where you were, um, Gabe, in, in Death Stranding, but I'm in Chapter 3. Oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm right where you are. Okay. Okay, you're right where I am, basically. So you're you're you've gotten some of the cool new upgrades that you get and the cool new structures that you can build. I'm yeah. really enjoying the game. I, I I'll just break it down for Walt and for AJ really quickly. Like, what I really enjoy about the game is like, even though everybody kind of derogatorily compared it to a walking simulator, to me it's more of a hiking simulator. Yeah, um, hiking, climbing. Right, right, and climbing, which is what I like about it because you really have to work on the way that they systematize, like how you have to keep your balance in the game is fun and keeps you on your toes, but not too difficult, right? The way that you like have to look for the right terrain to climb, the right path to go on. Um, the online component is really great because you, there's no actual multiplayer. Um, it's more you share structures. So if you put a ladder somewhere in the terrain, Somebody else can play, who's playing online can use that ladder. If you yeah. put a rope somewhere, a bridge, uh, you can leave structures for other players to use in their single-player campaign, which I think is awesome. I love it because, I, like I said, I th- it feels like a hiking community or a climbing community. Um, so, you know, I, I just enjoy the gameplay immensely. The story is, is okay. It's a little too convoluted, even though I love Hideo Kojima. Very convoluted. It's like, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and it just seems to me like like he went a little too overboard with it. But I still enjoy it. I'm not saying it's a bad storyline. Um, the the you know the acting is really interesting. The, the the capture with Norman Reedus and Mads Mikkelsen, and all the cameos are really cool. There's a lot of uh, horror directors, uh, mangaka and like all kinds of other really, really interesting people that are probably Hideo Kojima's, Hideo Kojima's friends. For instance, like Junji Ito's in this freaking game. His likeness is in the game at one point. I don't know if you've seen that yet, Wolfie, but um, he's, he's one of the, basically the guys that you, you meet at one of the, the port, the stations that you drop off packages at. He's one of the, I may the have, I, I don't actually know what Junji Ito looks like. So I'm gonna have yeah. to like look him up and see. If I I've met him already, I think he I'm, is. I'm a Googler um, right now. He's the engineer. That's the name of his stop, and his name is the engineer. I think in the game. Oh, I think yeah, and that's Junji Ito. Yeah. Um, oh you know, my god! Yeah, I totally saw him. All those other people, yeah, that's Junji Ito, dude. Like, and there's a lot of cameos like that. Apparently, well, oh, you know, man. I'm not gonna spoil it. There's other people that are cool. in the game, including some American yeah, celebrities. Yeah. Um, but Death Stranding is really fun, and you know, it's it's a game that you you have to enjoy the gameplay. If you don't enjoy the gameplay, you're done because the gameplay is yeah. very simple. It's very basic. You get some upgrades. 
and that's it. But like, I actually enjoy the pathfinding and the hiking and all the climbing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that's my repeat geek out. My repeat geek outs. Basically, I've been playing the heck out of Death Stranding, and I've been watching the heck out of Attack on Titan. Uh, I've been geeking out more or less. Like I said, I, I I've been geeking out over Attack on Titan. You know, trying to catch up because so many people are hitting me up uh, about season four. But that's not going to be my geek out this week. My geek out this week is a new podcast that I subscribe to. And uh, I don't know if you guys have uh, caught wind of it, but our friend, friend of the podcast, John Diaz, John R. Diaz, mm-hmm. um, senior tech designer at uh, at uh, EA Games, Electronic Arts, he finally debuted his podcast that he's been wanting to for years. And I think that... So two episodes. Or three uh, episodes. Have been released. Three episodes? No, I'm sorry. Two episodes. No, two, two episodes. episodes. Two episodes. Yeah. So the 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 podcast is basically chronicling the uh, life and the experience of a game designer coming up, and all the people that well, basically John's life as a game designer coming up, and and I feel like the the well, not that I feel like, but I believe that the whole inspiration behind this came from like our interview that he did here on uh, Get Geek. Um, where we kind of chronicled his way up and he realized how much fun it was to actually do a podcast. Not that it was the first podcast that he's done, but, you know, we got a chance to talk a little bit about, like, you know, what, like what we do from a production standpoint, the whole nine. Mm-hmm. And he gave him the confidence to finally put something out there. And he's, he, he started. The uh, podcast name is uh, Out of Play Area. And here's the, the quick synopsis of the podcast. Um, a video game development podcast by video game developers for, or video game developers, both veteran and aspiring, where we discuss our art and motivations out of the lines, out of the play area. We interview the people behind the games, including game designers, animators, artists, producers, engineers, testers, directors, writers, and everything in between for your information and your entertainment, including new episodes. And these are new episodes dropping every other Monday. And it started this month, February 1st. The first episode is with uh, Doug Burton, actually a friend of mine. Uh, you know, I also, you know, when I lived in Austin, I got a chance to network and hang out and, you know, befriend a lot of uh, the same people that are going to be showing up on this podcast. Doug is, is Dougie Fresh is one of the coolest cats I've ever met. Super cool dude. Um, but yeah, in this one, the synopsis for this first episode and what's interesting, actually, he has two versions of the episodes. He has episode one and episode one A. One is has music in the background, and the other one has as an acapella version of the episode. And one is family friendly, and the other one's explicit. So, kind of cool how he's doing this in order to you know reach as wide of an audience as possible. Um, in this one, he sits down with uh, his. Full Sail University alumni and dear friend Detroit's own Douglas Burton, currently working as a senior tech designer for Polyarc in Seattle, Washington. Polyarc that's also owned and operated by another good friend of us, uh, um, uh, Danny, Danny, Danny Bulla. Doug has worn various hats in game development, writing the full spectrum between game design and coding to refine his specialty <coughs> in puzzle design. I got to work. He got to work with Doug at Midway Austin on uh, their first ship game, Black Site Area Fifty One, where he's gone to work for various studios throughout the U.S. and in the U.K. So um, the the episode is super cool. It's um uh, they they have great banter, and it's awesome to kind of like you know hear for me like kind of you know uh, 
you know, kind of relive a little bit of like how they kind of came to be, you know, even though I know them personally. Mm-hmm. So that, that it, it was a lot of fun to listen to the uh, to, to that episode. And, and I'm looking forward to more stuff from John and um, hopefully looking forward to having him back on the show here and maybe get some of these other guys here. A- anyone out there that that is an aspiring, you know, uh, coder, uh, computer engineer, artist, writer or anything this is the perfect show for you guys to get on board because i can tell you right now from 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 you know knowing john and knowing uh a lot of the people that he's going to be interviewing that they're going to be super forthcoming with how the industry actually works and what you need to do to get there if you want to be there so highly recommended but that's what i've been geeking out over nice yeah john was a great guest and our, our fans, if you haven't checked out that podcast with John R. Diaz, please check it out because he has some great insight. I can see his podcast being fantastic, and I have to check it out as well because, yeah, John is pretty awesome. And we have two more that are going to be geeking out. Uh, right now, mm-hmm. um, AJ is pointing at me, so I guess I'm going next. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, pointing very 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 agitated like you go you go all right anyway um uh it's been it's been very very hectic my schedule lately so there's not a lot that i've been geeking out over but there's one thing that we've been watching consistently during dinner (laughs) oddly enough right yep and that's dead space a cooking show no not dead space yeah cooking show definitely if you if you consider cooking meth you know, we finally finished Breaking Bad. So, um, this is this is one of the shows that I can confidently say that I'm very pleased in the fact that there was not one single episode that you can consider as filler. And that is something no. that you rarely, rarely find in a TV show. Everything was moving, you know, toward one single storytelling goal, and that was... Um, the the Breaking Bad of Walter White. You know? Spoilers if you haven't seen it, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into the whole thing. Um, but like I said, I it was seen just. It, so I'm just going to put my yeah, yeah. Uh, headphones down. No, no, no. I'm not gonna speak on any oh, of the okay. points. You know, I'm not gonna speak. I like I said, very general. You know, the whole thing is about the Breaking Bad of Walter White. You know, and it's funny enough because this was a show that I actually, um had told jose that he had to watch and i watched the first episode and i never went back to it (laughs) you know (laughs) so it and and really truly it was more of the fact that you know my time is very limited and stuff like that so i have to kind of pick and choose the stuff that we watch and usually um we watch shows as a family here so you know breaking bad at the time was probably not the best thing to watch with the kids you know the kids are a little bit older they're wiser you know there are things that you know we discuss after certain episodes and things of that nature so i'm confident that they can handle more mature things and that's why we chose to start watching breaking bad um and not only that we watched the the movie that comes after breaking bad which is el camino which is it's it's funny enough el camino felt like an extended version of a breaking bad episode really you know and that's that was one of the the most striking things that i found about that particular movie 
Um, but again, you can't find fault with that because, hey, if you love 40 minutes of an episode and you just extend it by like another 30 minutes, what bad is there? And so I didn't find anything wrong with any of these things. You know, um, Breaking Bad is definitely something that I would recommend wholeheartedly again to anybody now that I've actually watched the show. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, now I've you're seen it multiple times. Yeah. Jose, you are recommending Attack on Titan on the crew. Mm-hmm. I'm recommending another show that I think I've mentioned before, and I'm going <laughs> to continue to keep recommending until you guys watch. And that's yeah. the Cinemax Warrior, which is now on HBO it's Max. On HBO Max. Oh, yeah. that's not the one I was thinking. Well, which one? The Expanse. Oh, well, The Expanse, that's the I'm next show. That's, that. that's, I'm, I'm the one that needs to watch The Expanse. I'm watching that. Yeah, we actually, so I actually like stopped watching The Expanse because now we're re-watching it with the family. So we're four episodes into season one that sounds right yeah oh boy so they're right, getting so into to it up. yeah but i'm gonna continue to keep harping on you guys until you watch warrior you know that's something that i think if you guys it's the best show that you're not watching right now it really is you know and like i said you get iterations of future stars because one of the one of the uh the actors on the show is going to be on in the Mortal Kombat movie playing Scorpion. And the other one is going to be, I believe, Storm Shadow in the G.I. Joe movie coming up, right? So, mm. um, but like I said, Breaking Bad was awesome. El Camino was great. We're watching The Expanse. Go watch Warrior, please. And that's it for I'm me. Banshee. So I'm, I'm on oh, season how two. Far are you with how that? far have you gotten with Banshee? I'm, I'm on season two so far. I haven't gotten super far into season two yet. but Okay. Because, you know, Attack on Titan has, has taken over everything. I'm sorry. Warrior. Warrior. I'm sorry. Warrior. Okay. Yeah. All right. But anyways, anyways, I'm anyways. done. Mm-hmm. Next. AJ. And last but not least. I'm pointing yeah. at you, son. Definitely not pointing not. at you. Oh, he sunned them. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Because so, he is his yeah. son. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yes, son. Like actual son. Let's go, son. Yeah. If you know the quote, you know what I'm watching, is all I'm going to say, first of all. I didn't get it right in the check, but I have it pulled up now. And funny enough, we talked about the actor earlier, too. So, mm-hmm. perhaps there. So, this is the quote. My name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. Then that's it. What could that be? Well, this is actually the second of the technical string I watched, but yeah, it's part of it. That was the name of a Breaking Bad episode. Yes, that was one of my favorite episodes, too. That's actually the episode that made me revisit this again. Yeah, it's such a good episode, but I yeah, I won't spoil it for those who haven't seen it. Yeah, go ahead, man. Yes, yeah, so I was rewatching the Alien prequels the other day. Nice. Yeah, I was watching Prometheus and the quote that it came from, Alien Covenant. And... Fassbender. Huh. Yep. Magneto. I, <laughs> I remember loving it before, but... I, I just, it was really enjoyable, you know? Uh, I really like the, a lot of people, 
I don't know, from what I've heard, the reviews were kind of mixed on Alien Covenant because it was weird and whatnot, but I was like, what are you talking about? You follow it, you follow it. Dude, wait till you get the Disney version of it. That'll be awesome. I guess Fox, right? Yeah. Fox or Disney-fied alien movies? Disney-fied alien movies. Woohoo! Well, they have that new... The new company, but in the UK only, right? Star, where they have their R-rated yes. uh, properties. Well, it should come to Hulu, because I think Hulu is the R-rated property for Disney, right? True. They better not ruin it. A xenomorph <laughs> with Mickey Mouse ears. Go. I think I've seen that before. The internet has has produced that somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, if you're going to sure. follow the aesthetic of the prequels, you, you just need to. Because I like the whole classical feel as to it. And, you know, the first four movies were... One was, yeah, that that's the original, so you have to give credit there. Two, my favorite. Three, wishy-washy. And four, I actually like better than but, but that was still a little... This makes me want to revisit the whole thing. I haven't seen it in such a long time. It's been a long no, time. Right? Yeah. But basically, just the only thing I really have to say about this is if you liked it, watch it. If not for the Alien franchise, then for Michael Fassbender, it would be awesome. Because he was like the best thing about those two movies. Aside from the expansion on the lore of Alien, but yeah, that's what I. He's he's great in anything that he's done. I I have not been disappointed by him, not even in Dark Phoenix. Remember his bit part in Three Hundred? Yeah, he, he was in <laughs> yeah, that was the first time that I saw him. And you know, it's funny. I yeah, think it's one of the best lines of the movie. It's one of the best lines of the movie. Remember <laughs> the the fight in the shade yep. line? If they block out the sun, then we will fight in the shade. Fastbender is awesome. Skinny as hell. Come to the MCU, please. Come to the MCU. (laughs) I'm pretty. I I feel like he's definitely. I feel like he's going back to that whole thing. I feel like he is the Luke Skywalker cameo. Um, Let's hope. Anyways, but um, I kind of disagree on that though. And here's why. Well, well, follow my thought process here. Okay. Okay. So, Luke Skywalker is a hero. Magneto is arguably. He would be more of a dominant. No, that depends. That depends. Yeah, he's an anti-hero. He's, he's, he's kind of in this in in this in this timeline. Magneto isn't a villain. Okay, but follow me, Darth Vader. Who is the opposite of Darth Vader and hence Luke Skywalker? Right. See, but I don't Professor look at it that way. I look at it. I look at it almost as like you know Luke Skywalker being like almost like I guess a father figure to the Mandalorian universe. Like you know, like that. And who yeah, better? Like, I think it's to just be a, a father a... figure to the mutants than. No, 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 to Wanda, because that's Wanda's father. Oh, okay. Well, all right, you have me there. <laughs> that's why. That's why it's so yeah. big because it's Wanda's father. AJ's trying to change parentage here. It's changing no, reality. It is. It's no, Wanda. It's, it's changing Wanda's reality. Father. I was Woo! talking about a metaphorical father, not like a literal. Your father. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, all right, guys. I think I think that that's a good place to kind of wrap it up. 
Um, unless anybody Wrap wants to make any extra points, any any final points? Oh, I'm good, man. I mean, there's going to be so much more to talk about over the next few yeah, weeks there is, as this there mystery is. unravels. So, um, all right. Well, then, uh, thank you guys so much. It was cool to kind of get back on the podcast with the majority of the crew. I still miss Eli. I feel like I haven't spoken to Eli in ages. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we can get him back on back back on soon. He's uh, working. He's, up. He he's working. Up. Uh, he's on next. He's, he's working on his. He's prioritizing. Yeah, he's working on his art portfolio right now. So nice. Um. So yeah. Uh. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for uh, following, and sharing, and liking. And until next time, you know, stay geeky, my friends. Man, that feels so weird. Can you say a whole thing? I don't know. You're the one that says it. Okay, okay. Ready? Ready? Here we go. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Stay geeky, my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody.